Welcome to Why It Matters, a podcast series where the Straits Times takes a close look at one key news talking point each week. Now, today we look at that picture of US President Donald Trump and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un that was selected to be on the cover of Time magazine. I'm your host, Ernest Lewis, Head of Podcasting, and with me here is Mr. Kevin Lim himself, the man behind that photo. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Ernest. Thanks for having me here. Now, let's revisit that photograph. For those of you who may be wondering, it's set against the backdrop of their respective countries' flags at the Capella Hotel in Sentosa. That picture captured the moment Mr. Trump beckoned a smiling Mr. Kim to turn towards 10 invited photographers for a historic snapshot. Now, five were from the United States media outlets and four were from uh, North Korea. Kevin, you were the only Singaporean photojournalist in that select pool. When you were there, I mean, that shot itself, did you wait for that moment or was it like a barrage of shots? Because in this kind of situation, you can't wait, right? So how did you do it? First of all, we have to get into position. And being the only Singaporean that's inside the media pool, I was already out of position because the Americans, they were already taking up a very central position. So um, like all photographers would, you try to smile at them, make friends and try to inch into a more central position. Okay, so there's five of them, right? Yeah, there's five of them. So I tried to make small talk. (laughs) Yeah, tried to loosen them up as well as loosen myself up, be relaxed. And from there on, You just focus on what's going to unfold in front of you. If I could say, it's almost like a predator waiting for his prey to appear. And once your subjects, which in this case was Trump and Kim, the moment they walk towards each other, there's no let up. Just fire away. Because anything could happen. You're, You're wondering, what if Trump decides to do his aggressive handshake and start pulling Kim towards him? So these are the little things that you sort of watch out for, but at the same time, you want to keep tracking them so that you capture every single moment. Because Mm. the time that for us to be inside is so short, the handshake probably lasts about 12 seconds. So in that 12 seconds, ideally, you want to make more than 12 seconds worth of pictures. Mm, That's interesting. So the key to this shot was the positioning. And as the only Singaporean, you were already out of favour. You had to try and find your way. And you can't do it with aggressiveness. You can't, you can't. Because... These are people who are extremely uh, experienced, honed in their craft. I mean, these are top photographers from the newswires. And uh, one of them is from New York Times as well. But they know what you need. You know what they need. So sort of, there, there's a common understanding. We all need a central position. So there's bound to be a bit of the smelling of his hair. You know, you inch so close that you know, okay. you're, you're almost sticking your cheek into his cheek. You know, you're stacking on top of one another, but that's fine. You're not pushing him out out of his position. It's just like a friendly nudge. I'm just telling that, hey, uh, I I don't mean any harm to you. Uh, Let's all get our position and this is just for those few seconds. For people who who don't know what it's like behind the scenes, you know, for photography and when it comes to world events, what's the culture like, you know, when you take photographs at world events overseas and, and especially here in Singapore? What's the difference? I think the culture varies from countries to country. In Singapore, because the media landscape here is comparatively smaller, so most of us know one another, so the relationship is a lot more cordial. And as compared to when you're travelling overseas, in perhaps Malaysia, let's talk about our our neighbours, Malaysia. More often than not, it's a free-for-all. Because in terms of security, I wouldn't want to say it's not as tight as it is in Singapore, but more often than not, from what I observe, hell breaks loose. People step over the line, they break out of cordons, 
and that's normal. So it's it's a lot more, you know, each man for himself. I got to get the shot. If I need to break out the cordon, I need to. So it's different. And if you are to talk about the photographers from the US, they practice a little bit more sophistication. They can be quite intimidating sometimes with their words, with the way they carry themselves. But you don't back down from that. You play along. You try to be humble, but at the same time, you don't want to, what we say, kena makan. Yes. Yeah. We don't get want chewed to up. get, yeah, get, get chewed up. Taken advantage of, you That's know, right. just because they think you're from a smaller country, so to speak. Precisely. Tell us about yourself, your career. I mean, you're 35 years old. How, how many years have you been in the Straits Times? Come end of August, it will be nine full years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not including my internship. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the first major event. You've covered Joseph Schooling's historic moment at the Olympics, right? What's the difference between covering an event like that, sports historic moment, as opposed to this world historic moment, political historic moment, so to speak? In terms of sports, you have more time to plan because more often than not, you're at the sporting venue hours before to secure a photo position, to recce, to talk to the, your, your minders at the various sporting venue. And as for summit like that at Capella, you have no clue, no way to prepare. So that's one of the difference. But in terms of photographing things, I think the, the experience that I've accumulated over the years, a certain set of principles apply uh, to strategize, to read the situation when you're on the ground. That can be replicated if you have accumulated enough experience, like where to stand, where others are standing. And is that the best spot or is there a better spot? The act of taking a picture is just a click of the button. A lot of work is done before that. So position is one of the key ingredients. Uh, The rest would be focus, knowing your camera, know how to lock your focus on your subject so that your picture is not out of focus. And really, at the end of the day, it's just to have a really clear mind, not to lose your focus, not just the focus on your camera, but as well as yourself. So Kevin, let's just say, you know, you've taken a historic global moment like Trump and Kim here, and you've captured another sports historic moment like Joseph Schooling at the Olympics. Now, let's say I'm at work. I have an important meeting between two companies and CEOs. I've come to Singapore. The global offices are all here and I need to capture that picture. In the same way in school, maybe I need to capture a historic moment that my school team is in or something. What are the practical tips that you can offer for the volunteers or the photographers of these moments? What, what can you do? Sure. So for um, question number one, yes. if, if someone's working and he, ne- he needs to capture a meeting between his uh, boss and, and, and another representative, I think it applies because akin to what I shot at the Trump and Kim summit, you look out for nuances. Every single gesture, any verbal or, or non-verbal exchanges, those are little things, little details that add to a picture. Is there a handshake or is it the way they look at each other? Are they animated? Yeah, these are the things the human eye sometimes neglect to see. And this is what photographers are for. It's not just about the handshake. Along the way, they were exchanging pets on the backs, you know, more than I, I could remember. And handshakes along the way, I mean, from, from the moment they met, after that, there was another handshake. So, yeah, you need to look out for little details like that. Okay, yeah. what about sports? Let's say... My school team hasn't reached the final for maybe 20 years or so. This really is a historic moment and I want to try and capture that for my school magazine or something. What do I do then? Let's assume that you know your team is in a winning position and they're on the brink of making history. 
You'll want to know because a habit that sportsmen have is when they celebrate, they tend to look towards the bench where, where the coaches are, where their teammates are, where the supporters are. That sort of gives you a hint of where to stand. You want to position yourself, you want to anticipate when they celebrate or when they huddle. For moments like that, you need to play in your head once again. Imagine and anticipate that moment. And as for capturing actions, because you, you want to capture action, right? For sports, you want to shoot whenever there's contact. So once again, that's paying attention to the, know, knowing the sport. If it's a contact sport, you have lots of moments like that. Two rugby players coming together, football players lunging into tackles, going for the same header. You want to anticipate moments like that because sometimes it gives you a nice play of human form. So shoot on contact, anticipate moments of jubilation. That will tell you where to stand. Kevin, what about gear? Uh, a lot of people, photography enthusiasts, feel like, oh, to capture such a, an important event, not to mention a world-class event, but an important event, I need to lug in the most fancy telephoto lens or the heaviest or the biggest looking stuff. Is that true? I mean, were you like that at the Capella? And not at all, because we know that space is going to be tight. So it, it was important for me not to carry too many um, or, or rather too much equipment mm. with me. So what I have is a ladder, two camera bodies, a 16-35mm lens, a 24-70mm lens, a 7200mm lens as well as a 100-400mm lens. This range of lenses, they, they work well with bo- both my uh, camera bodies. So at events like that, okay, if we are kept a distance away from, let's say, um, the handshake, which took place between Trump and Kim, if the distance is more than 50 to 100 metres, then yes, probably you need really big lenses. But we know that the White House side, they control media access very tightly. It's only going to be a small pool of photographers, videographers and journalists. So there wasn't any need for us to carry big lenses and, and or, or a lot of equipment. That is so that I can move nimbly and make my way because whenever we are herded from point A to point B, you can see people overtaking one another. Yeah. So you don't want to lose out, you know, because at the end of moving from point to point B, they will hold us and then when Trump and Kim are ready, they will open the floodgate. That's where we start, you know, yeah. running in like bulls. When, when they walked across the courtyard and then stopped halfway, right? Uh, actually, for that, we were all prepared. We oh. were all in position. Okay. It was for the subsequent uh, meetings, the one-on-one meeting, the, yeah. bi- the bilets, as well as the, the stroll in the courtyard. For that, we needed to sort of get ahead of competition. So it doesn't pay off to start nudging, uh, elbowing your competition out of the way, especially when you're in such a small pool, right? Not advisable. Not advisable, not advisable. It's best to be cordial, like, like how Trump and Kim met for the first time. Everything was super cordial. So that, that's how we, we should behave as well. All right, so no chance of a World Cup tackles. <laughs> not recommended at all. Okay, thanks Kevin for joining me. You can find more of his work at The Straits Times Online where we have a hyperlink to his author profile. Look out for more podcasts on various topics on The Straits Times and do send us your thoughts to podcast at sph.com.sg.